Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, welcome back. Hour number three here on You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM on the BetQL network. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss here. We were just going over some MB, uh, NBA stuff as far as most improved player. Do you want to give the update on the Cavs game in summer league, Ken? Yeah, so the Cavs uh, came back to win, beat Chicago. This means a couple things. Chicago's eliminated. That doesn't really matter. They were never really going to make it anyway. But Cleveland is the first team to secure a spot in the summer league playoffs. So they will be in. They have been the favorite to win summer league for about four or five days um, as like a, a 3-0 team with a really big point differential. And they remain about two to one plus two fifty to win summer league. Uh, the uh, the other three teams still TBD. There are some favorites to get those spots, and the number of teams that can even do it is uh, pretty short. But yeah, we know yeah, only four teams that are going to even be able to to potentially win. The Cavs are one. The interesting thing about them, there's one market or one book that was dealing summer league MVP when the games are not going on. It'll be back up tomorrow morning. Uh, the Cavs don't really have a player that can win, and historically. Some of the teams that have won have, have produced the MVP. It kind of tends to be something that voters at least think about. Like, did you win some games um, when they vote for for players? Even Keegan Murray, who won last year, the Kings played a lot. They played the California Classic, too. They also won a good amount of games. They didn't make the final, but they won a bunch. Cavs don't really have a guy. So the best team in Summer League doesn't really have a guy that's going to win MVP. Um, we'll see. Uh, Tyler writes, Craig Porter Jr., which could be a made-up person, honestly, uh, led the Cavs in scoring. So I just, you know, to give you an idea of just that's both of these markets are really funny. I don't, I still don't know if the Cavs are particularly good. They, God, they win their games. I guess they, maybe they're awesome. They just, <laughs> until you watch them play, they don't strike you as a team that should just be dominating summer league. And they went four and oh, they, they didn't wow. lose. So, and they're, they're not going to meet a ton of resistance. Uh, with who's likely to make it in the playoffs. The, a lot of the good players aren't playing uh, anymore, and a lot of the teams that have those players are probably not going to make it. Yeah, it's interesting enough with the you know the way that the whole summer league sets up. Now I'm getting into this a little too late, but hearing you guys break down, God, Craig Porter Jr., no idea. And and Tyler was saying like you don't think anyone on this team could win the MVP, right? Because there's just not enough 
I mean, I guess yeah, the ball gets I, spread I, around. I enough. think it's like yeah. impossible, actually, because now they only have two games left. They have the two playoff games. They don't even have some like people are gonna be like, well, Amani Bates. Like, I don't think that when media cast votes for this, they're going to be like, who was the best player in summer league? And that will be a name that they is in their top 30. I feel like he mm. will not come up. So like you, you don't like, don't do just best player on team that wins. The Cavs are the worst team to do that with. Like they strike me as very, very unlikely to produce. Even if they have a guy who plays well in the semi and the final just seems really unlikely when you have other players that are kind of looming. Like I would argue if Chet Holmgren plays one more game, which would be three and dominates, people will think about voting for him instead of voting for somebody on the Cavs. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, you want to get back into the most improved player? In the well, NBA? you know, I'm dying to, you know, I'm all yeah. about it. I, all about I think it. this is great. Like I, I was sitting here and, and I know Tyler and I were talking during the commercial break, just kind of going back and forth. Uh, it, it started out with players and teams where it could fit. And then he was kind of alluding me to the the conversation you guys have had in the past about this and like picking players out. But um, I, it's just funny not knowing any of the names that were going to be involved with this ahead of time. And then the first one that came to mind was Tyrese Maxey. And then again, when we talked about bridges, that makes so much sense and all the other guys listed yep. and it's I, like, it is, it really is kind of a crapshoot of who's in the right, who's in the perfect situation really to make that leap. Right. And to get people uh, going to break, laid out some criteria, right? Um, you know, the average most improved player, I actually have the chart up here. Uh, the average most improved player winner, especially the last few years. Yeah, you know, you're looking for sub 20 points per game, but can score. So somebody in like a 13 to 19 range, which I know is a wide range, but like, whatever, you're still kicking a lot of players by doing that. Um, nobody that averages 20 points per game or more uh, the year before they won or sorry, nobody that averages 20 points per game the year before has ever won. You have had one player, Julius Randle, who earlier in his career did average more than 20 points per game, just didn't do it in the year before he won, then changed teams to the Knicks and then won this award. So if you're just looking at previous year points per game, then career high points per game would be another way to look at it. Um, so yeah, like, you know, and it makes sense, right? Like we, we talked about this already. Like you go, it's easier to go 15 a game to 20 a game than it is 20 to 25 or 25 to 30. There's like a ceiling. Also, has the player made the all-star game before? Typically, your guys who are averaging 25-plus points per game, they're all-stars, um, mm -hmm. they're, or they're at least already thought of as really high-level players. This is what happened to SGA last year, where everybody already knew he was awesome. And because they knew he was awesome, they were not going to vote for him to win this because it seemed yeah. insulting, honestly, to vote for someone who was going to make first-team All-NBA as the most improved player. Like it just, as, And then you look at Larry Markkinen, who was you know, a, a schmo, you know, the previous year on Chicago and nobody wanted and ends up on Utah. Like that's just in voters' minds, that makes a lot more sense that that's uh, going to be somebody who wins. So uh, team success uh, also just to throw that out there, because in case somebody thinks about it, team success is not a relevant component of winning this award. Uh, you can play on a terrible team. You can play on a great team. Kevin Love has won this award playing on a team that won 20% of their games. One of the Timberwolves were one of the worst teams the last 15 years when he played and won. Uh, so it is not Maybe it's a tiebreaker, but everybody thought that was going to be for SGA last year, and it wasn't. So don't think about team success. Just think about what you said, Jeremy. Fit mm -hmm. is actually kind of probably the right word. Um, is this player, and I can read you the list of players, like these are primary scoring options or like secondary, but there's definitely, so like CJ McCollum won, and it's like Lillard and him, and that's it. So there's a ton of shots available. Like that's what you need 
to be able to average 25 points a game or be able to be an all-star. Like, again, like to be an all-star consideration, you gotta be the third best player on your team and be an all-star. Like, it just doesn't happen unless you're like the mm-hmm. like most super, super team ever to have a third all-star and like to be in this discussion. So like really, like when you put that list of criteria over this list of players, you immediately go like, nah, not them. Like, no, not them. And you do that with a lot of guys. Um, and it's not ordered even in a way that kind of makes sense once you evaluate things that way. Um, so I just can I throw one? Can I throw one of the names at you? Because we're talking about it from yeah. a scoring standpoint. What if other ancillary statistics go up? Because I brought up Point Barnes. What if what if the Raptors all of a sudden go, Scotty, you're our point guard? Because they've done that quite a bit with when Fred was out, Barnes would play that position. Now you get this big guy that's handling the ball. Can he bring his ancillary statistics up? And I guess I would say that the same thing with Cade Cunningham, who's not wasn't a he missed most of last year, but that's a guy that could average a triple double potentially. I'm not saying he will, you know, or I shouldn't say average. Could could be a guy that's a, a perennial triple doubler. Is that a word? I don't. Who knows? Yeah. you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so, sure, doubler? I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I think each each player requires like a completely different rebuttal, right? So uh, Cade will do first. And then Barnes we can do after. So Cade, uh, the number one overall pick, has never won this award before. And I think what that speaks to, to a certain extent, now you're, what, the immediate counter argument is the number two pick has won a couple times, is like, job, right? I don't know if, I don't know if voters are going to look at the number one pick and be like, that's even, it's almost like if you're the number one pick, you're just supposed to be really good. And then how, mm-hmm. why do we give this to you, right? I, I do feel like there is some of that that permeates this. Uh, Third-year players, which is Cade, have won this a bunch. That is the experience level that has won this award the most, actually. But the number one pick has never won. Ja won, obviously, a couple of years ago in his third year. Uh, McCollum won in his third year. Paul George won in his third year. Kevin Love won in his third year. These are, in some cases, very high draft picks. So it's not like it can't happen with Cade. But, like, I mean, he was already really good as a rookie. It's just kind of a weird narrative That's to it. drive. You got hurt. It just, yeah, it's just like he's a number one pick who was on a big trajectory and he got hurt. Doesn't feel like that's this award and the number one picks okay. never won. So I just, it's, I, I don't want to say he can't win. Like he's not excluded. It's just like, are am I ever going to pay a really low price before the season starts on a guy who kind of has that many red flags historically? I don't think I'm ever going to buy Cade. Now, if we get 10, 15, 20 games in, and there's a big push that starts to happen for this, and this is just where following stuff day to day will be helpful. Then, then maybe I could be talked into anything if that happens. But uh, to start the year, I would I would not have him as like a player I'm I'm predominantly interested in. I am potentially extremely interested in Scotty Barnes. He is one of the players I'm the most interested in, actually. Um, yeah. And it you need to know some things here. Who the hell's playing for Toronto next year? <laughs> would be a really good place to start. <laughs> um, what are they doing? Because it's just a weird team. And obviously Van Vliet's not on the team anymore. And Anobi through his agent, I think, was already like, I want to take way more shots. Like, that sounds fun. Uh, you have Siakam, who's kind of still there. It, okay, the is that a situation where a guy could win most improved? I think so. Because, like, you're competing with Pascal Siakam for shots. Van Vliet used to shoot more than, like, anybody in the league. <laughs> like, it's like, all those shots are available. Um Obviously, that's an exaggeration, but like he used to shoot a lot. Yeah. And so there's some shots available. So there's a vacuum, kind of like what we were talking about going into the break. Scotty Barnes is a third year player who can fill that vacuum. Like this all kind of averaged 15 points a game last year. This all actually kind of seems to make sense. Um, I 
would I just need to know more about Toronto and I would never bet it now, but I have him on like a mm-hmm. short list of players that um, looks very appealing going into the season. See, but I think that's the key. Like, I feel like, all right. So as a person that doesn't typically look at these things the way that you guys do, I could make a case for the, probably the top six that we had listed and make a, a valuable case, but we need to poke holes somewhere. And I think the Cade Cunningham thing was a perfect example of poking a hole um, and, and again, what is he improving from? The fact that he got hurt? He was still good in his rookie year. And when we look yep. at guys like, I think, Scotty Barnes, Jordan Poole, Tyrese Maxey, all those guys make sense. Mikael Bridges being the favorite is the one that stands out to you because as soon as he got to the Nets, he looked like an all-star, right? Whether or not that's who he's going to be, but he looked like an all-star with the Nets. And there's nobody now outside, what, Nick Claxton going to push him for possessions or touches? I mean, he's he'll get his, but... So I, I like again. I think you can make a case for all those guys, but you got to start poking holes in in some, and that's where like I think the Cade Cunningham things and all the points you made made total sense. Yeah, uh, I would I would do try <laughs> make this sound as awkward as possible. I would do two more uh, hole pokings, which we can do yeah. right now. Um, the uh, and it would be for the two favorites, Bridges and Maxi. Um, obviously, we wait to see what happens with Harden. He seems pretty adamant that he wants to play for the Clippers. That was, again, reported today. I'm sure his camp did a lot of noise making today, like, no, 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 we really don't want to be here. And uh, if that's true and the return is bleh, and then there's obviously if if it's not a, a high profile player, then there's a lot of shots available with Embiid and you can be that second player that makes the all-star team. That narrative makes sense. I guess Maxi shares a problem. It's not the same but it is a little bit of the same and mikhail bridges is the same as i'll group them together for this reason uh they've already averaged 20 points a game in a season and they did last year so like they are in an interesting territory where it's just over 20 for both of them actually i think they both average almost exactly the same number but no one's ever one doing that and what that speaks to is that you you end up getting to a territory where we already know you're awesome and you get there really fast it doesn't take a lot of time for us to be like yep you're good and then if that go into the, if you go into the next year and we already know that, then you don't strike people as the kind of person they should vote for for this. And so with both players, here's where the conversation gets a little different. Like Bridges is a primary scorer on a team. Like he, I guess you would be more likely to think of him making a leap. Like now you're the primary guy, you average the most shots. Let's say he scores 25 a game this year and he scored 20 last year. I can get there on that. Do I think he's the most likely player to win? Maybe. Would I ever bet it right now? No. But you've got to be like, well, wait a minute. Like, he's still, like, starting from a point that no one started from before. He's averaged the most that anyone's ever averaged. And it's not by a ton. Guys have averaged 19. It's not some invisible barrier. But, like, it would be the most. Kind of have to think about it. Uh, And then Maxi's kind of the same thing. Like, don't we already think he's awesome? Like, don't we already think that? Did anybody think Larry Markinen was awesome at this point last year? You know, like I just, this is where I'm like, have we already done this? Like, is it, has the leap, basically it's, there's, there's a leap. Did they already make it, but they just didn't get the award? Like, did it already happen, but they didn't get the trophy for it? And with, with Bridges, I think it's less, I think it's more likely he hasn't gotten that acknowledgement yet. And with Maxi, I kind of think we already think he's awesome. And I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. know if he would win. I mean, maybe if he averaged 29 points a game or something, but um, I just lukewarm on both of them at the price, to be honest. Okay. It's, it's more about the price than the actual player, or you think it all kind of just, it's it's everything. Yeah, like, I mean, I'd all, always all rather moves. bet someone where, like, 
the leap fits historically, right? Like I was just, I was shoving Markkanen two weeks into the season because it's just like, this is so easy to see. Here's a guy who averaged like 11 and he's going to like 21 and the team is wide open for taking shots and everyone's going to love this story. And it's like, this is sustainable and it's easy. And he, no one thought he was good. And now he's like an all-star level player. He made the all-star team. Like Maxi and Bridges are like these fringe all-stars. They haven't made it. They probably not should have, but like they're in the discussion. They'll be in the discussion this year. Are, are, do we already think they're good? I don't know. They're both such in-between for that reason. They're not for sure, like, no's. They're just really kind of in-between for me. We'll try to tie a bow on this, get our wrap up our thoughts, and then YBYB Jeopardy coming up right here on You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 